Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. And in this episode, I sit down with an outstanding agent and person, Edna Kimball. Now, Edna is the number one agent in Oklahoma for Century 21. An interesting note is that Edna sells at home every 2.1 days. So you need to listen to this episode. In this episode, Edna discusses how a devastating financial loss was a catalyst for her success and what allows her to maintain that drive when the days get tough. In this episode, she shares very specific morning routines that sets her up for a very productive day, as well as practical advice on getting into real estate with no marketing budget. So make sure you stick around for Edna's must-read book suggestions and her parting advice on truly connecting with your clients. So stay tuned. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Hello, everybody. Rich Fournier for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, and today I'm very excited to have a superstar agent from the U.S., Edna Kimball is with us today. She's the number one Century 21 real estate agent in Oklahoma for the past five years. Welcome to the show, Edna. Thank you, Rich. Good to be here. I'm so excited to have you as, of course, you may be aware, maybe you haven't been listening to the podcast. Hopefully, we'll get you to start listening to the podcast. This podcast is about what creates a peak result in business, life, and health. And today, of course, we're focusing on real estate. And uh, you've been in the game of real estate for a number of years, and you're producing outstanding results. And if you don't mind me just kind of letting the audience know what you're up to. I mean, last year in 2019, you closed 188 units by yourself. Well, with a really wonderful full-time assistant. Yes. My admin, she, she it just, you know, she makes sure that there's gas in the car and food in my stomach. So <laughs> well, let's be honest, 188 units is an, it's, it's extraordinary. I know teams are not even doing hundred units, Never mind 188 units individually. Um, please take how I'm going to ask this question the right way. What makes you so special? So there's there's no secret sauce. There's no secret. I, I do work a ton. I work a lot of hours. So I'm just going to put that right out there. Um, I'm at a unique time frame in my life where, you know, the kids are out of the house. Um, my husband loves tennis and works a lot also. So he stays busy. And I really just enjoy what I do. So it doesn't feel like work. Um, most of the time. <laughs> so I work a lot of hours. That's, that's a key component. How long have you been in the game? 16 years. 16 years. And mm -hmm. um, did you come out of the gate swinging and, and winning or was it a challenge uh, in the beginning? I had no clue what I was doing. In the beginning, I, was, I, I would deem myself as a tour guide. I just, I thought my job, they would call, you know, like I would answer the phone at the office and it was a little brokerage and there were like two sisters and me and uh, one of the sisters owned the brokerage and they would be like, um, do you want floor time? And I'd be like, yes. And the phone would ring and they'd say, how much is the house? And I'd say 109 and they'd say, okay, thank you. And I'd say, you're welcome. Bye. Like I had no concept of capture and what to say and what not to say. So no, the, the first year. 
I didn't really do any production, so to speak. So, yeah. What was the turning point for you, Edna? So the turning point, um, we had, I, I kind of ran along like that for, for about four years. And um, another brokerage came into our small market and opened up. And I was, of course, I was the top producer <laughs> in this really small town. Our town is 16,000 people. And um, so they recruited me and they had built in training, phone training that you had to do before you took the floor. And I was like, what? I'm supposed to be asking the client questions instead of them just getting the information from me. Um, and so that was a big, that was a big help just getting some training. Um, and then I ran along, I was the number one producer at that office. And, um, and then I ran along for a few years and our, my family, we had like a major devastating loss and all of our income overnight was gone. And I was like, Oh, so this isn't going to be playtime anymore. <laughs> this right. is the real deal. You know, I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Um, and I actually joined coaching under Tom Ferry. Yep. And that was just such a game changer to me to have that because I had the motivation. I just didn't have the methods or the systems in place. So I just, you know, was kind of all over the place and, and they really helped me streamline. And that was where things really took off. So you had someone who knew what they were doing to show you what to do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And then, um, and so I did really, really well. And I got to the point of just almost burnout where I was just hitting, hitting a roadblock at doing 145 units um, by myself. And uh, my coach just kept pushing me, get an assistant. And I was like, I'm so busy. I don't have time to hire an assistant. And he was just like, you're stupid. You have to get an assistant. Like, and so I'm just trying to understand. So, okay, let's just go back for a second. I like, you know, some of it, most of our listeners understand the idea of 144, 100, whatever hundreds of transactions a year. You know, the average, uh, my frame, my context, I'll give you. So on the Toronto Real Estate Board, uh, it's the largest real estate board in the world. Um, we have close to 60,000 agents on the board. 25% um, of them do zero deals a year. Um, maybe the top 5% are, are teams. Um, most are doing, on average, I'd say maybe six deals a year. Now, our average resale is a million bucks. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, but cost of living is expensive. I mean, that, you know, how does someone scale 188 units never, but how do you even find that number of people to transact with and to grow that database? And, and how are you generating all of this business? Never mind. I, I don't even know what your day looks like. That it's gotta be insane. Well, when I, when I moved to Tahlequah and started my real estate career, I didn't know anyone. And so, you know, like I said, the first year or two, I just was a tour guide answering questions. And then when I, when I had to double down and get serious about it, I just started holding open houses. And that is, I'm much better in person. So <laughs> sometimes I'm a little snarky on the phone because I think I'm funny, but apparently it doesn't come across as funny. So, <laughs> so I'm better in person. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, better in person. So I just started holding every other realtor's open house that I could possibly get my hands on because I had no inventory. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I just 
became the queen of open houses. And every weekend, every Saturday, every Sunday, I did some twilight open houses through the week, you know, for some of the higher end homes and bought, bought a few cheap bottles of sparkling, you know, water to class it up a little, you know, I had no budget, had no money, but I knew if I could just meet people and figure out what they needed and give it to them, then it would take care of me. And that's really, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. I took care of the client and they in turn took care of me. It, you know, it is a small town, 16,000 people, but I've sold some homes five and six times because we're a unique market where we have a college and two hospitals. So a lot of people move here for two to four years. And if I do right by them when they move in, and then I keep in touch and I'm their go-to person for, you know, where do I get my hair done? Where's the best daycare? Where's, you know, where's the church I should go to? You know, that kind of thing. I just kind of try to be, you know, their, their welcome committee and help them. And then when they get ready to resell, of course they're going to call me and then they're going to tell all their friends too. So, and how, like, so are you still doing open houses? Is that your primary source of business today? Um, we still do more open houses than anyone else. I mean, we probably do a minimum of three a month. Um, and when I say three, I mean three weekends because my team also sets those open houses with me. So, so we average about seven to eight open houses a month. So, so you mentioned team. Um, so you did those transactions by yourself with your assistant, but then you also have an outside team as well? That's correct. Yes. So the brokerage that I'm with is Century 21 and they have some real strict guidelines about um, crossover and everything. So I had to, my numbers are completely separate from theirs. So basically I'm a team leader. They go out, they show the home, they write the contract, they take care of the client, but I get a portion of the funds, but I don't get a portion of the transaction in the speak of the 188 had nothing to do with them. The team last year did 79 units. And so how many people on that team? Three. Okay. Still great business. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, not a bad side gig for me for the income. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And yeah. wow. And I, I, can we, if we don't, if we don't mind, <clears throat> what drives you every day to perform at that level? I'm, I mean, that's a, that's um, my level. It's not like you're doing, you know, 20 deals a year and, you know, making some money, but the amount of work that's necessary on a day-to-day -day activity to create that is, is tremendous. So what drives you? You know, I think the connection to the client really helps motive because there's days like anyone else where I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then I think, but she really needs that household because of her situation. Yeah. And, you know, when I feel like when you commit to that seller and you sign that listing agreement, what is really best for the client? And I just, I keep going back to that. And, and there's even clients that after you spend some time with them and everything, maybe you feel like they're, um, what they're wanting from you is not really realistic. And that does affect it a little bit, but ultimately, and this is what I preach to the team. When you sign that listing agreement, the number one thing is what is best for the client. And if you just keep doing that over and over again, it's going to come back. So, so that's really important to me. And I am super competitive. So, 
<laughs> I like to be number one. <laughs> okay, so I, you know, I, I don't think people talk about that enough. It's, you know, some they're altruistic, and we love our clients, and of course you have to, or else you can't perform, and you have to do what's best for them, or else you won't get repeat business. Right. But that competitive nature within you is, is strong. It is. It is. I have notifications turned on. Our market is so hot right now that. I just kind of, I giggle a little bit when a realtor sends me like this morning, today's Monday morning, and I've had a few texts going, can I show that home on Thursday? And I'm like, sure you can, because I'm going to sell it today. <laughs> I mean, who wants to, in this market, if you were trying to set up appointments for four days from now, you don't know, you are so clueless. I mean, that's just crazy. So yeah, so I'm super competitive in that way. And do you still do the traditional means of prospecting, like farming and and mail drops and door knocking? And is, is that um, your? So door knocking has not ever been my strong suit because I I really try to um, double down on open houses and let them come to me. Yeah. Um, because my thought is, they you came to me, so now you're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Once you, once I get your info on your sign-in sheet, you came to me, so you just gave me permission. Whereas door knocking does feel a little bit, um, I don't know. I mean, pushy. It's not to say I've never done it, and in some circumstances, I think it's really important to do it. But, um, but also right now with um, with the pandemic, it's not such. It wouldn't be taken well, I don't think. So well, I agree with you completely. Do you, do you get involved in the internet a lot in it driven leads? Zillow, Trula, Trula. Yeah, um, we do Zillow. We're really, really low spend on Zillow, though. I don't, I don't put a bunch of money behind Zillow leads. Um, and the majority of ours is actually social media. Um, we do a ton on social media, Facebook and Instagram. So. Wow. Wow. Okay. And when you, um, when you are trying to motivate your group, do you have them involved in your coaching with um, your coach as well, or are you just leading them? Yeah, to an extent there, um, my coach is pretty phenomenal. She's from Mexico City and uh, she's a dual citizen and she's written books and been in a triathlon. And I mean, she's just someone I really, I want to be her, <laughs> you know? So, so she gets me all fired up and then I come back and kind of just repeat everything she said. Um, but she also offers, um, we, we meet once a week, you know, through Zoom. And then she offers several uh, courses throughout the week that the team is welcome to do. But, but for the most part, we have a team meeting uh, once a week, every Tuesday morning. And then we, I also meet with each one of them individually for an hour each week. And it's usually at 7.30 a.m. I make them come in. So because, because it has to be uninterrupted. It can't be, oh, there's a call for you. Oh, this client's in the lobby. You know, so um, 7.30 to 8.30 you know, they know which day of the week and, and I come in and meet with them. Let me ask you a question. The churn rate in real estate is so high, right? You, you're losing agents every, every day, you know, 90% churn rate, maybe over five years. Um, what was the difference between you and some, and some of those agents that just decided to run away from the game? Um, I needed the money. I had to make it work. I mean, to be honest with you, I had, um, it was such a low threshold to get in that I think I took it as a kind of more of a, a hobby or something fun. And then when, when my, when my family's financial um, stability fell apart and I had to make it work, you know, it, it was the only thing that I had available to me. So I, you know, I think that that was the, 
the thing that drove me is I've got to make this work. I've got to, I've got to make some money. So yeah. How do you not get distracted with other opportunities? Because I'm sure people come to you with other opportunities. Um, and, and how, and how do you stay so focused on your game? Because as an optimist, which I'm sure you are, you have to be in this game. You see other opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Well, my husband is, I always say I'm not a gambler, but I married a gambler. And I don't mean like he won't spend any money at the casino, but every, every opportunity is just waiting for him to jump on it. And so we balance each other out really well. We have, um, we have 30 rental units and two Airbnbs and he is, he's phenomenal. Like he's over there. He's probably over there right now, changing sheets and doing dishes. You know? So that, that, um, that has been the, the biggest thing. So, yeah. Okay. What advice can you give to an agent today that's starting to, um, really attain the level that you are currently experiencing? Scale the business through systems. It's the only way. Things should run whether you're in the office or not. Everyone should know what the next step is. Automate as much as you can. And if it's a $9 an hour task, don't do it. Pay someone to do it. Okay. If you were to start today then, and you don't have any business, and there's nothing to scale, what would you do today? I would hire a coach and I would go double down on open houses. Even, so, okay, so let's, let's go there. In today's market, you know, and we have to, you know, a couple of weeks, a month ago, I was saying, let's forget about COVID, forget about COVID. We can't forget about COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I, I thought, you know what, we'll just get through this and we'll, we'll focus business as usual. But um, open houses have just started opening up again here in our market. So, so we never, So what if open houses can't don't exist anymore? We never quit. When things shut down here, we continued open houses virtually. Virtually, okay. Yeah, so we would go to the home, um we would we would market it open house virtually at this time, we would go live and we would talk nonsense for 15 to 20 minutes. So we never left because you have the client will do what is in the client's best interest and the first name or number or face that pops in front of them is who they're going to go with. So you've got to stay in front of those clients. And again, when you sign that listing agreement, if your client is trying to sell during a pandemic, you, you better, you better know, you know, how to do video <laughs> that that's exactly, you know, so we didn't quit doing that and we won't stop doing it. I mean, we did, you know, face masks, we had the um, alcohol wipes, we did foot booties. We, you know, we did everything we could to keep the client's home safe. But if they put their home in the market in a pandemic, they really need to sell, you know, and it, and we took that serious. So I agree. What about the agents who, um, who don't have any inventory um, and the agents that do have inventory don't want to share the inventory because the client doesn't want other people through the house because of COVID. What's the best way for them to generate business going forward? I would say to reach out to their sphere of influence, you know, get, get on social media, be in front of them and say, I'm here to help. What, what do you need? You know, and let the clients tell you what they need. If they, you know, I, I think making people aware this is, this is an opportunity to sell your home and I can do it. You know, I think people, when, when the lockdown first happened, 
everyone just kind of froze up and we just kept putting putting information out in front of them and and keeping it light but but letting them know that we're taking it seriously you know so uh, we did just a bunch of um light-hearted but serious videos you know like where we're wearing masks and we would greet each other with a foot tap you know just just little things to let them know we're we're serious about keeping you safe but we're still out there and working for you and so i think i think letting the client know that you can move forward and you can be safe with it that's right that's right are there um any strategies that you're looking into today that um, show any promise for you? Um, I am, I am looking to hire another assistant. So I'm, I'm feeling like my systems can get even better and more specific. And, um, I think that when I say automation, I think that it's really important that when, when I close a transaction, that that client has followed up with numerous times and it shouldn't just be on my Google calendar <laughs> because it's too easy to let it slide by. So I'm, I'm looking for an additional assistant to make sure that we stay on top, you know, kind of the client experience. And I do think that that's going to be really important going forward because when I greet someone and the first time they meet me, I'm this, you know, it's really hard to make that connection um and so i think that you know we to give them that special client experience we've got to do even more now than ever yeah i completely agree and when you look at agents they were there a lot of agents in your community just clamping down and not showing their face out there during the pandemic absolutely yes i'm going to say 98 percent of them yeah yeah i think that um exposure can never stop right in whatever you do, right? It's front and center all the time because there's so many mechanisms and there seems to be so much competition today. Um, I know in our markets, it's extremely competitive and unless you're front and center and always, always, always present, someone else will take your spot really fast. That's absolutely correct, yes. Yeah. Um, If you were to... um, start today do you need money to start in the real estate game today there's no um, time anymore people aren't <laughs> in the office anymore like not really no? okay. know, i really don't believe that because going live on facebook you know that doesn't cost anything and believe me my video is not high-end or polished or anything it's literally um i i did invest in um a, I can't even, I don't even know what it's called, but it holds the camera and steadies it. <laughs> I can't even think of it. I'm not a techie person, but I know where to find the stuff. Um, but you don't have to have that. A, literally a dollar general, you know, selfie stick is what we started with. And I bought one for all the team and spent a whopping $15 for, for four of them, you know, so, um, and, and it swivels and it moves and it, sometimes it falls. And I, I think that I do think that the public really does appreciate just the genuineness, genuineness behind it and the fact that we're real and we're just out there. I don't think that you have to be super duper polished because I'm not and it's, it's still okay. Yeah. Right. That's right. Um, is there a process that you follow on a daily basis to keep your mindset in such a strong place? 
Yes, I am. I think that it's really, really important. Like I'm an early morning person. I bought into Miracle Morning. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And so I get up at 4.28 a.m. I I can't remember what the time, why 4.28, but I don't know. I can't remember why, but I do the 4.28 a.m. Um, and then at 5 a.m. I have a, a miracle morning call where there's uh, just a group of, of people in the industry. Um, it's some more mortgage people, realtors. You don't have to be in any specific. And a different person takes, takes the lead. And it's just a five-minute kind of things to reflect on or motivational five minutes at 5 a.m. Um, and then um, three days a week I have yoga classes um, at 5:30 a.m. and then the other three days a week, then I do. Uh, I work out at the gym with a trainer, um, not not to be bulky or anything like that, but just to be healthy. And then uh, Sunday, um, I usually chase grandbabies around, so that that helps. <laughs> so you're very regimented in your process. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I get I get weird when I get off schedule. Yeah. All right. So you're not drinking a bottle of wine at nighttime after work. No, I, I, I tried that years ago and you know, the lighter you, I I have a theory that nothing happens. that's super productive after 9 PM at night. And the people who say, well, I just can't get up that early because I've got all this stuff going at night. And when I really kind of drill them on what is exactly are you doing at nine o'clock at night, it usually is drinking or watching trash TV. And I'm like, yeah, that's not, you know, and they, they try to disguise it by, well, I've got to stay up and do laundry. I've got to help the kids with homework. I got it. And I'm like, yeah, you, if you're helping your kids at home, homework at 9 PM, you know, you might've started too late. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I give them a little pushback on that if they, if they use those as excuses, but having that early morning, was a game changer for me. And I'm usually in the office by 7.30. So I have, you know, typically an hour or two before people start coming in and it makes a big difference on how much I can get accomplished. Do you set a specific time that you prospect daily for new clients? Or is that, are you beyond that now? Um, I, I wouldn't say that we're ever beyond prospecting, but in the sense of taking an hour to call clients, to bring them in. I don't do that. Mine is more um, following up with past or present clients to make sure. Um, I, I believe that if a client has to contact me and say, hey, where are we at in the process? Then I've failed them. And, and that's something that why I need another assistant to make sure that that's not ever happening. So, so I, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm prospecting in the old sense of cold calling or anything like that. The, I mean, I've got the business and that's why I brought on a team. So anyone that I've worked with in the past, I keep any new clients calling from a sign from Zillow, then I feed that to the team. You know, there's a, there's an interesting difference between, you know, I mean, real estate's very common, you know, like the way the way transaction works is it's pretty much the same. I don't care what country we are in Canada, United States. Um, but the numbers that the top producers in the U S are, are producing at individually they're way above and beyond what we're producing up here. And I'm, and I have not been able to figure out why, what, you know, what is the difference? Why does someone like you do 188 units where, you know, top teams are doing that, you know, they're doing 150 units with 12 people. So it, I have not been able to figure out what is the difference and why is someone 
producing at that level. I mean, I talked to a guy, Kyle Seaboth, um, who did over 500 units with nine admin staff. Wow. Yeah. Right. That's and impressive. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and, and most of the, and, and women are killing it in the U S better than men on average. Like the, the ladies that we're interviewing are 150 plus transactions by themselves. And I have not been able to pinpoint why that is happening because we don't see that up here. We see teams selling that, that kind of, those kind of numbers, but not individuals. So any insight you can give us as to why that's happening there? Um, I'd I, I, is the competition less? Like, you know, 16,000 people in your, in your market. How many, how many agents are there? Uh, there's, there, I think there were 115 last time I checked. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, we look at our, you know, our market within what's called the greater Toronto area, which is say a big two hour radius, you know, maybe you're five, six million people somewhere. There. I can't remember the exact number, but it's a lot of people. Yeah. But we've got a lot of agents too. Yeah. And, and they're not producing at that level, not, not at your level. And I, and I can't figure it out. Any insights? Not really. I don't, I don't know what the difference. I mean, the, the thing here is if we only did six units, we might as well get out because our, our medium price point is like 130,000. 130,000 per property. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously I've got, you know, I just closed a $700,000 transaction, you know, last week, but um, again, the median, you know, those are few and far between those higher end ones. So you, you have to do a lot of units, you know, to, uh, to put money oh in the bank. God. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's an extraordinary difference in pricing um, here versus there. And it makes me want to move to the U S <laughs> I know a good realtor. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe joining your team. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, are there any books that my listeners should be listening to today or listening to audiobooks or reading? Oh, wow. I'm, I am a junkie when it comes to audiobooks. Um, there are so many. Um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think that's really important. Um, it, it kind of gets you in the mindset of, you know, you're a CEO. I, I think one of the first things my coach said to me, she was like, how much production did you do? last year and I think that year I'd done maybe I don't know say 20 million and so she said so when someone says what do you do what do you say and I said well I'm a realtor and she was like no you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar company and I was like and then she said are you acting like a CEO and I was like oh my gosh and it just kind of blew my mind so um and so I liked rich dad poor dad because I think it it helps you with the mindset that this is a business and tracking your numbers and, and seeing how many, you know, captures and what each deal cost. You know, I think there's some real validity to doing that. Right. Operating like a business, not just a Yes. Service. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I appreciate you very much. One last piece of advice for our listeners. What, who do they need to be to perform at your level? Who do they need to be? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Um, I don't know who they, <laughs> I mean, they, they have to be themselves for the clients to really buy in. Um, I feel like clients will, you know, the, the secret sauce, if you will, is they have to, they have to like you and they have to trust you. And if, if you can't get them to like you and trust you, then you're wasting your time. So I think just being, being your, your authentic self and bringing those clients in that, that gets you is really important 
and then taking care of them. And then just having a strong why. My granddaughters are my why. I want to give them kind of everything, um, but I'm also the toughest person on them, you know. So I, I think having a strong why and then getting regimented in your in your day to day tasks is important. That was all over the place, but yeah. No, it's amazing. <laughs> no, because you know what? What I'm seeing that there is no secret. The secret is being absolutely committed and engaged and being disciplined in the process that you're aiming towards. You're not getting pulled off, sidetracked. You're absolutely legitimately focused on an outcome. Um, and if you don't like the transaction of real estate, then don't be in the game. Absolutely. I, I, I really, I was writing an offer this weekend, uh, countering an offer, and I really wanted to put in there that um, my seller would accept there's a spider. Sorry. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Okay, um, I really wanted to put in there that the seller would accept the offer if the realtor would give up their license because she was doing such a bad job for her client. She was just worried about getting her commission and I just was kind of appalled by that. So if, I agree with you. If you're not, if you don't like the process, get out and let the rest of us do it. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. And thanks for being such an amazing role model and leader for all of us. And hopefully one day I can perform at your level as well. Awesome, Rich. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. We'll chat soon.